0: Okay, there we go. You have to take off. Yeah. Okay. I'll call you later. Do you can you what time can you talk or do you want to call me later? Yeah, I can call you. Later. Okay. We'll talk then. Um, so, do you want to go to the first? We're just doing Daniel Ten today. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. she knocked into the chair and was like, Ooh. "I was trying to move it all the way." <laughs> so, do you want to go to the the text, Liam? Did you, did you do the study like I asked you to? Me? Yes, you. What study? Remember when I said, I want you to go study Daniel 10 so you can talk about the history of it? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you did say that. Okay. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true. And it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision in those days. Or in vision, period. I can't see the period up there. Um, do you want to turn the light off over us? I think we might see it a little bit. Oh, there. Oh. Okay, now you're just messing with my eyes. Okay, um, and I love how, you know, some of the other things he dreams, he has to ask God, what does this mean? This is a strange thing. You know, what are, what are you showing me? What is this about? And this, he dreams it, and he understood it. <laughs> totally know what this means. It says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth. So he had a, a, a Nazarite vow, yeah. and he fasted from certain things. And it doesn't say he didn't eat anything. Mm-hmm. He just went into a very simple diet, probably very much like he did when he first arrived. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, the Daniel fast. Yeah, the real Daniel fast. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and yet at the same time, it's interesting that, that those things had crept into his diet over time. Because you're there and you're, you know, second, what, second in command to the king, third third most powerful person in the kingdom. Swear, huh? You know, you're at the king's table. It's, you know. So no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris. So now help me with the math here, because the 24th day would be almost the end of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, wouldn't it? Because the 15th would have been Passover. And then seven days, days, so 22nd, so right after that. I lifted up my eyes, and, and so he's in the, it's after Feast of Firstfruits, and he's in the Feast of Weeks. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Ufaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Like a description, but... Very much. <laughs> Very much. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So they didn't see, but they sensed something, and they got out of there. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength." So, so his, his very agile, fit, healthy body went cold and limp. Then I heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. Now, just as a side note, I I wanted, you know, people talk about the whole being slain in the spirit thing, which, you know, Ananias and Sapphira were slain in the spirit. You don't want that. No, no. (laughs) but there have been times where in prayer or in worship, I have felt the presence of God to the point that I can't stand under it. But it's not in a oh I lost all control I'm falling you know it's it's down and forward and it's worship yeah nobody's smacking me in the face shoving me back or and I've had people try they'd be like you know and I'm and I'm, I'm not I'm not why would I, it's not a trust fall I don't trust you I trust God if I'm in a trust fall it's going to be to my knees. And behold, a hand touched me, (laughs) but he's already on his face, and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling." Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. Okay, so he's saying, when you first went into prayer, I was dispatched. But there were heavenly spiritual things going on that I had to tend to. And, and, you know, going to Revelation, when we talked about the different spiritual realms and how sometimes things happen in the physical that break through to the spiritual, and sometimes things happen in the spiritual and manifest in the physical, and there's that transition of the sea in between them, and, and so Daniel may or may not have understood why he felt the need to, to commit himself in prayer the way he did. It may have, just, may have just been, I need to just put myself before, I mean it was the time of Passover and he understood the time, and yet he's in Babylon, he can't really celebrate Passover. So, so he's, he's restricting his diet in certain ways. And he's, he's meditating on the word and he's in prayer and he's being, you know, he's in a Nazarite vow and, mm. and in the spiritual stuff is happening and God has sent someone that he's dealing with, with spiritual, you know, and, and not, he's not, you know, the Kings, the spiritual rulers of that area, because he's not in Israel. He's not in the land where there are, you know, when we talked about, like in Job, where there's different, there's different spiritual rulers over the different nations, and, and he, you know, so he was dealing with them, and then Michael came and helped him, and so he, it's just an interesting, it's just a very casual description of incredibly spiritual things, and I think the casual description is what oftentimes trips people up and gets some weird teachings out of it, because... You know, people act like, we can understand and function like the angels, and we can call on them, and we can do these things, and I'm like, did you hear the description of him before he started talking? Maybe you should not think that you understand this quite so much. Are you cool? Yeah. You can turn the heater on. That's all right. Okay. I should be okay. Okay. I know, I'm a a little chilly, too, but it's the time of year where you would not, like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be so hot today. He says, for the vision is for days yet to come. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. Which has a very Ezekiel... I'm a man of unclean lips, you know, and an unclean tongue. I can't speak in your presence. And he says, oh, that's okay. I'll put this coal on it. Now you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so he touched his lips and purifies him. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, oh, my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now, no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. So so there's very much this, you know, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge kind of thing, but you're not supposed to stay there in the fear. When you find yourself in the presence of God and you go, who am I in your presence? Then he touches you and purifies you and touches you and strengthens you and says, that's who you are. Mm And he said, "O oh man, greatly loved, fear not." You know, John says, "The fear of love, or the, the perfect love, casts out all fear, because fear comes from punishment, and the one who fears is not purified." So, O oh man, and he start greatly loved, fear not. You know, you're in fear. Love has come. It's okay. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. Okay, so we talked before about the different kingdoms and the different visions, which is why, when he has this vision, he's like, I know exactly what this is about. This is that same vision I've had twice before. Nebuchadnezzar's dream, my dream, it's happening, it's time, you know, it's going to come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. So, so he's like, yeah, that's all going to happen. But let me tell you something more. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. And as for me, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. Huh? That's the end of the dream. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't remember this. That <laughs> was a great week. I
1: know. <laughs> wow.
0: How chapter are we on yet? Uh, ten. Okay. Yeah, that was actually 311 oh once. That was through 11-1. Oh, wow. All right. And so, so you know, and I, and I went ahead and stopped there because we're only doing the one chapter, but yeah. it's... He's talking about, yeah. I mean let's talk about, let's talk about all the dreams he's had up to this point, all the things that are happening in his response to them. Cause that's the thing. I mean, to me reading the dreams, it's neat to see the historical, but it happened. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's great. He's, You know, I guess those happen. So we know it's true mm-hmm. to me. The thing about this chapter was his response mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. No arrogance. No, I mean, it, it, it made me he he dropped down and all of his inner. i i'm just going to breathe i can't do anything i can't stand mm-hmm. i can't speak i can't do anything in the presence of this this is too much for my flesh to handle and, and because that's that's what everybody else with him felt that they weren't even in a place where they could see it all they knew was i got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. This is too much. And they took off. And we didn't even know who was with them. Mm -hmm. It could have been, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed. It could have been his friends who stood in the fire. We have no idea who it was. We just know this was for Daniel, and he he was the only one who stayed, and probably because he couldn't run. (laughs) Because he was seeing it. (laughs) And it makes me think of how arrogantly so many people talk about spiritual things
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and I gotta think this is part of what Paul was thinking about when he was writing to the Corinthians you know you're out there you know you're you're bragging and babbling and doing and you're acting like you're doing these spiritual things and you're not even understanding anything you know if if the spirit of God is there mm-hmm. it should bring you should speak because he's telling you to speak, not because some idea came in your head, and therefore by the power of the Holy Spirit and my good common sense, I must say this. <laughs> this is a quote from a show that a pastor, it was, it was the... Um, was it Pastors of LA or something like that? And and the one did something and, and he said, and then they cut to the little interview because it's a reality thing. He's like, and I and I knew that by the power of the Holy Spirit, my good common sense, we were supposed to go do all this. I'm like, okay. So you had an idea. <laughs> it's all like, I got the idea to go do this is what you're saying. You're just trying to hyper spiritualize it because if you have some
1: colorful characters on the Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> Wow! Oh, yeah, like when I saw the show, I was like, is "Yeah." Is
0: the way Yes, TV? very often. Yes, and that's oh, what I, my God. And what so what I what is crazy to me is you know there there's a saying what people do in public is mm-hmm. the tip of the iceberg, like what that's what they think is that's what they think everybody else will be okay with. People yeah. hold their crazy inside; they don't <laughs> let it out around people who are going to call it crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: So when they agree to do this show. Mm-hmm and let you into their lives, they're saying, this is exactly what a preacher should be. This is how a preacher should live. And you're watching the show going, you just let your crazy <laughs> out. I don't know if you see it's crazy because you're scaring me now. <laughs> I know. I
1: was, I was showing that to Lisa. I said, Lisa, is it just me? But, you know, watch this show. This is crazy. These people are preachers. And huh? then the one that I showed her was Preachers of Atlanta.
0: Oh, I didn't know there's a new one. Yeah, there's
1: there's that one, and there's the one. But but the woman on Atlanta, she's well, she's female minister, and uh, she was going out and um, um, we say witnessing to prostitutes on the street. Mm -hmm. But she said God told her to dress like. So i like really? I'm scared of you.
0: <laughs> I I get dressing in a way that they'd be comfortable. She said,
1: and then she said because yeah. they would accept her
0: better than. The, see, but there's ways to dress in a way that the that you're not lording over them and that they'll accept you without actually dressing yeah. like a prostitute. <laughs>
1: But like, I get them because you know I, you're not going to go out there like dressed in fine clothing, jewelry everywhere. Right, right, okay, like, good, you know, right. But, I mean, geez. But
0: but to actually, I mean, at the, scared, you, the yeah, see, at the point where someone confuses you, yes, at the point where someone confuses you for one of the prostitutes, maybe you've gone too far. I mean, Yeshua ate with the sinners. He was clearly
1: comfortable for them true. to be around,
0: and but he didn't... Was among them. You know, he didn't he go out like tax collecting with them, you know? The the, the the prostitutes who came didn't feel judged by him, but he didn't right, right. dress like them. You know? Hey, how much for now? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And at the point where your, proposition, your people are pulling yeah. up and asking, you're going... You've, you've crossed a line there that I think the whole presence of the spirit yeah. should have... Mm-hmm. <laughs> sensitivity to that might have have stopped you maybe back here i don't know you know <laughs> it's you know you know it it yeah yeah it it's just, there, you know
1: with them and touching them and, and uh, praying over them but i was like wow i wonder what they're thinking you know, i don't
0: know it's well i mean obviously I it was a, a lot of flesh obviously it was effective shorts. with them but but to to think of it that way yes. But when it says, in reality, what was she really doing too? Because just going out to people in the street right, getting them to them. say
1: the, the sinner's prayer and think you've saved them. It's, yeah, no. It's made and, and it, I, I had that discussion with my sister mm-hmm. in Minnesota who's ordained through the Assembly of God. It's like what's the Great Commission? It's not right. go make Christians of all nations, right. it's go make disciples. There's mm-hmm. a difference between making disciples and just making People that are a member of your big religious group.
0: Right. People who have the right doctrine and say the right mm-hmm. things. And, and, you know, I was talking after, after yoga the other night we were, and after dinner. when um, We walked back to our cars. I was talking to a couple of them. And I said, you know, I really do believe that, that God has made himself known to anyone who wants to find him.
1: Mm-hmm
0: whatever nation they're born in, whatever religion they might be raised in, whatever government they' they're under, which means that the things I look for when I'm looking for him and the things that that when I, when I see someone um, I don't care if they have the right doctrinal statement. I care, do I see evidence? of the actual things of God in them. Is there love? Are they, because I don't think you can love without God. And if you're loving, if you're really loving, then I believe that God's at work in you. And there are myriad reasons why people don't want to use specific words about God or hold to specific doctrinal descriptions, um, very often because they've been told that that, that God doesn't love them. <laughs> they're not welcome at that table. And so they go, okay. And so their soul that's crying out for God goes and looks elsewhere. And they find God because God's going to be found if you're looking for God. And their words might be different. and they're, they're, and But I, one of the things that I was able to say to them is I said, you know, doctrinal statements and, and larger religious bureaucracies aside, the thing that causes me to respond to who God is presented as in Scripture is that other religious teachings can teach you about God and can teach you about connecting to God. But the God revealed in scripture is one who connects with you. And that is what I respond to. I respond to the personal God who is the eternal God who says, I did this for you all. I'm letting you know about it for your sake. And where we take that message and we mess it up or we miss the point or we don't understand or or we think that because it's about us that means, you know, us and and not about you. That's all on us. <laughs> That's not on God. But what scripture reveals about God that no other religion even where it gets it right does is that God is reaching back down to us and and wants to be known and that and and they were able to hear that they were able to you know to really take that in because that's that, that's my truth that's my testimony that's what I believe that's what I respond to about God it's not. God's gonna do this for you, and God's gonna change that for you. And it, it's it's when I was searching for God, I realized there was that He wants to be known, and and then it's a matter of trying to know Him, and sometimes trying to dig through all that stuff and going, you know, and 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 yet we're all we're all on a journey, you know. We get to a place and we go, yes, this is so true, and we'll hear, and then. And we don't always notice all the stuff that comes with it wherever we are. Like you were saying, you know, you go to you get to one level of understanding and then you're like, oh, I'm learning all these amazing things. And then you, you move beyond that and you go to the next and you go, oh, there's even more, you know, and, and there's always more. That's what's so amazing. Yes, even this, even this thing Daniel's dealing with. This is the third recorded time it's come up. And each time he understands more. And each time more is revealed to him, it's not like God's writing the story at that point. It's not like God needed to wait between the first year of Darius and the third year of Darius to go. Now, what am I going to do plot-wise with this? (laughs) I've got the overarching outline. I know that it's going to be Persia, then you know the Medes, Persia, Greece. I got that down. But what characters will I develop? You know, (laughs) it's just as as Daniel changed. You know, he has this dream and it affects him and it changes him. And then when he's ready, the next bit of information comes. And when he's ready, the next bit of information comes. God's waiting and and maturing him and growing him. And it's why Yeshua came when he did. It was the time that it was supposed to happen. Things were the way they needed to be. People were, you know, the, the, the people who needed to see were ready to see at that time. And we come into the picture where we are because of what we need to be accomplishing for God and what we need to understand. And we learn the things we do. You know, and, and that's why when somebody is, is where they are, especially if they're happy there and they don't want to change, I, okay, you are where you are. And that's it's, the it's loving.
1: It's watching them, though, you know, because I see it is. God's brought me from, because in my, in my younger years as, as a child, was raised in the Baptist church, Southern Baptist. Oh,
0: because yes. So you know what that means? That, my grandfather was a Southern Baptist minister. Oh, I do know mother. what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote him a letter when I was no. in college, and I said, I know you, you profess love for the Lord, yeah. but I am telling you as your granddaughter. I have experienced no love from you. Wow. And if we will know that you're Christians by your love, yes. I fear for you, Grandpa, and I pray for you. And I want wow. you to really make sure you know God before you die. <laughs> because I had never felt, never mm-hmm. experienced love from him.
1: All you see was like a stern man.
0: Judgmental, yeah. nasty, grumbly. You know, was God afraid. wouldn't approve it's, of I've that. Lost, you know, but it's like Yeah. God you know, wouldn't approve of that. No, you mean yes. you don't like this. Let's just be honest. <laughs> you aren't God's judge and standard.
1: So you can imagine as a child, you know the church. I don't know what they did in yours, but they were like passing out and
0: My mom out. wouldn't go to and as a child it's yeah.
1: frightening to you because you don't know so you don't know what's going on or mm-hmm.
0: what
1: they think is supposed to be going on.
0: Yeah. And then I
1: looked up after that I was grown with the Assemblies of God. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, I like this ministry. You know, it's calmer.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not all day long. <laughs> we you went actually bringing your Bibles. and
0: Compared to what <laughs> she had originally, it's all perspective. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> we went and visited a Presbyterian church, and Liam was like, I like the quiet Jesus. <laughs> I know. I must
1: like it too. I tell you. <laughs> and then my, like, I was, you know, Ashanti. Was mm-hmm. the one who you, you? Yeah. She says, "Auntie, she said I just got into a ministry that just opened up the Bible for me. It's like opening up a whole new world." And I was like, "Really? I want yeah. some of that." Yes. You know.
0: <laughs> but it's the it levels.
1: It my prayer partner.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. It's it's those it's that next level though. It's that it's when you ask, "What does this mean?" Mm-hmm. And God goes, oh, you're ready to learn what it means. Okay. I know. You know.
1: Then I came here. Yeah. You know, the only one in my family.
0: Yeah. Here. <laughs> I know. And so I faithfully mean, was like, in this moment. This is month. fantastic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I love you.
1: Is,
0: she, is anybody? What? Nothing. Are you just going by yourself? You. Okay. I'll see you later <laughs> then. So I'm going to stop the recording. and We okay. can talk about okay. other things before Tony gets off the phone. So... Um I think that I think that moving to a place where we can honor and and accept and and not not patronizingly just sincerely look at where people are and love what we see of God in them and pray for where we know they're struggling or where we know that there is more that they could know or understand or do, and and I really I really loved. I'm going I'm to say this part again before I do the, the final blessing from the the Aramaic uh, Lord's Prayer. I, I love how it says, "And do not pass us through trial, except separate us from the evil one." and it's through trial that we separate from the evil one so this is really a submission to the process while at the same time saying let you know let us remember that the trials we go through are to separate us from the evil one they are not for us to suffer they are not they are not judgment they are for the purpose of avoiding judgment Mm -hmm. and when we think that they're judgment we miss the learning opportunity we miss the growing opportunity it's like it's like when you know when when Riri had said if if Satan's so bad, why doesn't God get rid of him? And, you know, why is he even here? And and that was the first time that, like, the way she asked it, because I've had that question before, but hearing her ask it the way she did while we were studying what we were studying, and I went, we need to be grateful for Hasetan because when he comes to us, he reveals where we need to grow. And usually where we're about to grow next. <laughs> because, yeah. because with, and, and, and how we respond to that, you know, to his methods. And his method is always to challenge the character of God. And then we either go, Pfft, get behind me, Satan. Or we go, oh, I don't know. Maybe it is. Well, everything's rocking now. My world is upside down. I don't know what to do. What if God is that way? And every time we do that, God takes us through something that will show us he's not that way. <laughs> and then eventually we'll go through it however many times we need to go through it, that when Satan comes and says, so what about this? We go, get behind me, Satan. I know that lesson. I've learned that. It's It's over. You know, and there will always be things. There will always be the things that give us pause. But hopefully we get we can get to a point where we recognize his methods and don't let it throw us. And we can go, I don't know. Let's find out. Mm-hmm. Then we don't have to go through a trial. You know, we might go through something that will go, wait, I know how to respond here. Let me go double check. And yes, I do this. You know, <laughs> it's like when you're cooking a recipe. You know, if you've made it a thousand times, you don't even need the recipe anymore. You just make it. Wow. And then sometimes it comes out different. You go, no, I made. I, I, let me go back to the recipe. I made a mistake that time. What did I mess up? Oh, I used too much of this. But when you're first cooking, you want the recipe right there, <laughs> level measures, and and it's the same way, you know. And then someone comes in and goes, are you, you know? But do you know how to make this dish? And we go, I can learn. You know, it's, you can take just sometimes I like to look at things outside of theological terms so that it makes it more human to me, you know, and and that point where you go, yeah, I don't know, but I trust God's character so deeply that I'm sure there's an answer. I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure there's a plan. I'm sure there's an, an instruction. That's how we move to that place of not passing through trials and separating from the evil one, you know, where we go, you know, maybe, and, and sometimes, I know sometimes in some areas of my life, it's to the point where I can feel a trial starting, and I'm like, whoa, I missed something, <laughs> let me back up, <laughs> let me back up and not run through this trial, I might not need this, <laughs> let's see, oh, maybe I can do this, <laughs> and, and so, You know, a lot of, it's like I told my friend years ago when he was trying to say God was punishing him. He goes, God keeps hitting me with a two-by-four. I said, listen, if you're walking through a doorway and there's a two-by-four nailed across it and God keeps saying, duck, there's a two-by-four, and you run into it, God is not hitting you with it. You are refusing to duck. God's told you how to get through it. God's told you how to avoid the two-by-four. At some point, you may want to. Stop whacking yourself in the head. And... That's you know, that's the part where we are held accountable for our choices we make when we go, wait, God's saying there's a two by four. <laughs> Let me duck. So with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Amen. And it I